Hello there, and welcome to Casual Fridays by I Read Aloud. I am your host, Dada, and this podcast is part of my I Read Aloud channel on YouTube, where I read fairy tales, short stories, children's stories, poetry, some Arabic texts, letters, and other excerpts. So if you like such content, make sure to subscribe. You'll find me on YouTube in the search box under at I Read Aloud. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and X also under at I Read Aloud. I also want you to know that this podcast airs every Friday on the following platforms. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, RSS, and Spotify. Today's episode is on unconditional love, and I will start by discussing what we believe unconditional love is, and then I will go on to talk about how humans can tap into unconditional love, and then I will discuss conditional love and how humans use a lot of that, and I will end by giving my version and my belief of what unconditional love is uh, and how it can be actually um, lived uh, and experienced by humans. We usually tend to um, think of unconditional love a lot when it comes to animals, especially our pets. And we always talk about how dogs especially can show us unconditional love all the time because whenever we leave them, even if it is for a few minutes and come back to them, they are extremely happy to see us. They jump all around. They could do the zoomies and, you know, they show us so much love at our departure and return that we feel that, you know, unconditional love is what they give us. And I'm sure many of you have seen different videos by now of lions and wolves who are in the wild and raised by uh, certain people, certain humans, and how even after a period of separation, when they, the humans go back to meet uh, or to see or visit um, you know, these wild animals, the animals remember them and they run towards them and they cuddle with them and they're so happy to see them and that's also unconditional love. And actually, I didn't expect this to also be shown by elephants. I saw a video recently of a caretaker of elephants who got separated from the elephants for a few years and at one point he stands in this shallow river and he's calling to them and speaking to them in his language and the way he would speak to them, uh, you know, when he was working with them. And an amazing sight of several elephants running towards him down the river it's a sight to see, and it's a bit scary because <laughs> you think it's going to get crushed, but he doesn't. And there are like four or five elephants around him just, you know, waiting their turn to be petted. And their trunks are all over, you know, uh, brushing against him and just, you know, lovingly doting um, over him. And of course, we see this as unconditional love. And so we tend to see unconditional love as, uh, you know, love given to us by animals because animals do not want anything from us. They don't request anything from us. The only thing they ask of us is our love. And that is why we find that their love for us is totally unconditional because in the end, our love for them tends to be unconditional as well. 
there are also many people who believe in God and the um, existence of divinity, of divine power, and of course this divinity could come under different names in different religions and cultures. And so many people believe that unconditional love is reserved for divinity and people who are martyrs for humanity, such as Mother Teresa, for example. And for people who do believe in the presence of divinity, um, they definitely can feel this unconditional love through prayer and meditation, um, except that if they really tap into it, it can really be overwhelming. We human beings live in a physical uh, body, and the physical body has its limitations. And if you believe in the dichotomy of soul and body, no matter how much your soul can soar and try to unite with the divine, you know, and of course there are many practices uh, that, you know, show that this is possible. But in the end, this soul uh, is attached to the human body, this physical body that has its limitations. And so at some point, um, the unification with God becomes too intense for the physical body. And I believe this is the reason we cannot really feel this divine unconditional love to its fullest, to its maximum, if you will. Um, we can maybe reach a spark of it, a, a, a ray of it, but that's at least my belief, that we cannot really totally immerse in it uh, because of our physical body and our existence in this world that is so physical as well. But if unconditional love is not an easy task for humans, and I'm sure, you know, not all the humans are going to practice, uh, you know, unification with God through meditation and different practices and prayer. Um, and let's say 90%, I won't just like saying it, majority, let's say, but I'm sure at least 90% of humans don't uh, even think of, you know, uh, trying to experience unconditional love in, in their physical state. But that does not mean that we tap into conditional love instead. And I see this as a major, major fault in the existence of humans, that we make our love for others conditional. Parents do it to their children. They don't mean to most of the time, but they do it a lot. When you give the impression to your child, intentionally or unintentionally, that I will love you on condition. I will love you if. So I will love you if you get good grades. I will love you if you lose weight. I will love you if you do this operation and, I don't know, fix your leg. Let's say, if, if the child is a cripple. I will love you if you will go and, you know, do treatment for your skin to get rid of your pimples. I will love you if you will take care of me. And in many cases, of course, you know, parents and children reverse roles and children become the caretakers of the parents and some of the parents taking care of the children. I will love you if you become a ballerina. I will love you if you start to be a lawyer. And so parents, without intending too many times, put conditions on their love for their children. They have to be aware of that and to really stop doing that and to um, 
from time to time, just speak clear to their children and tell them, hey, I love you. I may ask a lot of you. I may ask you to achieve a lot, but it's only because I love you. I want the best for you. Maybe I haven't had the opportunity or the opportunities that you have in your life, and I want what's best for you. And, of course, definitely communication on this matter is so important between parents and children to erase any, you know, vestiges and residues of conditioned love. I'm focusing a lot on conditioned love between parents and children because, you know, it is the, the most damaging and the most wounding for children. And it affects their lives, of course, throughout, even as adults. It, it reigns with them throughout their whole lives until they face this wound and, and you know, clear it and, and uh, deal with it and heal it. Conditional love could also exist definitely between married people. Spouses could, you know, put um, pressure on each other in many aspects, again, knowingly or unknowingly. And this creates uh, unhealthy patterns in the relationship. So if a spouse feels that uh, he or she will only be loved if they provide for the family, for example, they might feel at one point that their only role is, you know, uh, a, a bank account or or just you know, a money machine. And you can imagine how this could have a, a lot of detriment on the relationship. A spouse might feel that their only role is caretaking, that uh, that all they do is take care of the house and the kids and the and uh, you know the spouse and everyone around them and their families, and they feel their lives are just you know therefore serving others, and they feel that this is what's expected of them, and they get lost in this role, and it's also conditioned love because they feel that if they don't do this. They will not be loved by their spouse, maybe even their families. And you could definitely have conditional love between friends and with any other family member or or acquaintance, definitely. So how do we get out of this loop of conditional love that we exercise most of the time unbeknownst to ourselves? I can only think of one answer, one solution, one way out. And that is having zero judgment of others. When you stop judging people and putting expectations on them, you erase or eradicate conditional love and you bring in a lot of unconditional love into the equation. And you'll be thinking by now, how can I not judge uh, my ex-husband or ex-wife, for example? How can I not judge, uh, you know, my parent for hurting me uh, and wounding me for so many years? The first step is to try and walk in their shoes. See it from their perspective. Seeing their wounding and where they're coming from and why they behaved in that manner. So it's about understanding the other. Second thing you can do, and that's difficult, but you have to try and forgive as much as possible. Maybe you can't forget everything, but at least try and bring forgiveness to the situation, at least 50% of forgiveness. You know, I can tell you that, um, of course, I've had many, many experiences in my life where, you know, I've had conditioned love. 
And my way of dealing with it is that whenever I drown in the pain of the memories, because of course, no matter how much you try to reconcile the situation, sometimes you just hit hard, you know, and your wounds open up and you drown in the pain and in the misery in the judgment, um, in all of it, you know, and you feel that there's no way out, you're just drowning and spiraling. And despite the difficulty, after a while, I just, you know, will it to stop and I, and I start thinking, okay, I need to find love in my heart and send this person love. And it's not easy, I'm telling you. It takes a lot of willpower and a lot of time. And maybe the first time I tried doing that, it took me days. Now, it could take me a couple of hours. <laughs> so it's a lot of practice, but, you know, a couple of hours are still a lot. I hope to reach a stage where I can do it in 10 minutes. But at least now, I could spare for two hours and then, you know, try and, you know, go through steps of remembering why they behaved like that, understand their perspective, remembering that I need to forgive them, and I forgive them again and again and again. And then I decide, okay, now it's time to send them some love. And, of course, a bit of prayer helps. Uh, some meditation helps. And when you choose to love instead of judge, um, you really, really are able to overcome this. Little by little, you will get there. And you know how people say you should love your worst enemy? I mean, wow, your worst enemy. That is really so hard to do. But let me give you this example. You see your worst enemy or someone who represents your worst enemy, whether from a, you know, a different sect, a different a uh, religion, a different uh, culture, I don't know. And you see this person stuck in a burning car. Do you leave them to die or do you go and try and save them? When you are able to respond by saying that you would try and save them, you are taking a step closer to unconditional love. I will end my episode on that thought and I wish you all to experience unconditional love as much as humanly possible and physically possible. Next week's topic shall be on adoption. I hope you'll tune in then. For now, I wish you a lovely weekend, and I send you all my love. Till next Friday.